This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. Not a great week, not going to lie. With us with us this week, we've got Finn. Hi there. And we've got Fraser. Good evening. I'm your host, Nick. Um, only three of us. That's probably because most people really couldn't bring themselves to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Been a, uh, a tough one, for sure. That makes it four consecutive league defeats. What, two goals scored, which was Jeff got against. Yeah, yeah, two goals scored. Jeff got for both of them against Fleetwood away and then against Ipswich. And let's see, five against Fleetwood, six <laughs> Peterborough, ten Rochdale, twelve, twelve goals conceded. Not that many. Yeah. <laughs> it has not been a very good, very good time. I think we all have to acknowledge that. Um, I got you know, actually let's 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 start with the positives. Number one, everyone everyone. Two thousand people nearly back in the stadium on Saturday. Um yeah. really good to see, well organized by the club as far as we're aware, or albeit you know, I'm sure there are people who've got their own gripes about this and that. But nevertheless, you know, good job by the club. Fraser, you were there. Why don't you talk us through what it was like to be back in the stadium? I was, yeah. It was um it was really good. It was really, it was really good. I know there's been a few gripes on different social media about how the club have done the tickets. That's been done to death, so we, we won't, we won't cover that. But I think it was really well organised by the club. Uh, it was certainly very safe. Um, there was obviously a lot of planning had gone into it as well. It wasn't just some slapdash just put together, um, which I think you could have accused Argyle of doing in the past on certain things. But this was clearly very well orchestrated. Um, I didn't think I'd be as excited as I was. Like, um, I, I'm a sort of a 255er, um, and I had to be in before quarter past two. But as, mm. the, as, the, as the music started building up, as the players uh, started warming up, it was a bit like, you know, it was, it was, it was like a preseason friendly in that there weren't that many people there. Um, but it was, it was enjoyable, albeit until Danny Mayer got sent off. Um, but the club did 
did really well in the organizer thing and it is great to have fans back one thing i will say for those that haven't been to a socially distanced game aren't part of the 2000 it is noticeably colder than going in a crowd um i've spoken to a few people that were at the game and it was bloody freezing but um i don't really think we can blame the club for that so no it was it was a good experience but hopefully come mk dons we'll see a few more touch wood and then it won't be too long i hope uh before everybody's allowed back in but uh you know we'll wait and see uh, yeah so i unfortunately i wasn't one that was able to get in on saturday and um that's disappointing, but you know it's really good to see people um, back in back in stadium. And uh, although obviously it's not very normal at all, it, it felt a bit closer to normal. And and after a, you know a really tough months for for everyone, really a really few tough months for everyone, really it's it's really good to see some sort of normal creeping back in. And actually, I thought the atmosphere for one thousand eight hundred socially distanced um, people there was actually all right, good. By the sounds of it, on I follow. Yeah, I uh, I got excited just by seeing. I remember a video went out just before kickoff. I don't know, it just got me excited again. You know, I, I wasn't even there. And I, t- I tell you, what, you said that it's been done to death, but I mean, just like in terms of our what, what we've been saying by it, the club's been very clear from the beginning that the first, you know, it would be priority in terms of who bought the tickets first. So, well, you can be disappointed to not get in. They've given you an opportunity to refund your season ticket. You know, and they've been very clear from the beginning about what's going to happen. So I don't think you can really complain. You can be disappointed, but you can't really complain. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, there was three percent who, um, or at least three percent confirmed. I think last we checked, who you know gave their ticket back. Surely, odds on, one of those was in the first two thousand. Because <laughs> when you think about it, that yeah. that came a week before we announced that two thousand. Yeah, you get yeah. two thousand and four thousand back in. Surely, one just one person at three percent is now kicking themselves because they thought <laughs> not happening, no chance. Yeah. And within a week, having refunded it, <laughs> they've missed the opportunity to get it back in. I've been the club of uh, throughout this whole time. I think throughout the whole COVID, I think the club have acted impeccably well. Um, and you know, also this week we had the announcement that the, the club. Are, uh, well, we will cover that. But I think I, I, you know, this week we had the news also that the club are speaking to the NHS about using the ground as a, a vaccine centre to help roll out the vaccine. I think what the club have done in a very difficult circumstances has, has been uh, been very positive. And you touched on it there, uh, Nick. You said that you got excited. You could see in the first fifteen minutes of the game. You could see, you know, even from the warm-up that the players were excited to have fans back. It wasn't the same, you know, I think Devonport would have been absolutely rocking if that was full. Um, But the players had that in that first 10, 15 minutes that, holy hell, there's actually fans here. You know, that's that's why you become a professional footballer, I reckon. You don't do it just, you know, just because you enjoy the game itself, but because you get to play. That probably helps, probably helps. But I imagine, you know, or at least the romantic side of me wants to think. Yeah, that, you know, you that, that was very easy. Yeah, but the minute you said cash, I was like, yeah, they all play pretty well, aren't they? Even at this level. But, um, you know, the, the fans, before you completely ruined my point for me, uh, the, uh, the players did seem to enjoy the fans being back. Football's a game of cliches, isn't it? But they did seem like... They- <laughs> Cheers, Ben. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Shit all over Fraser. He's, he's got the script now. 
football is a game of cliches, but I'm about to use a cliche, but it did look like they had spring in their step for the last, you know, for the for the first 10, 15 minutes, definitely. I think Danny definitely had a spring in his step around the 70th minute mark, you know. <laughs> so. yeah. Okay, right, that's that's the good stuff done. <laughs> get it right, come on, right, let's get out of your system. On to the crap. Who wants to go first? Um, Fraser, how disappointing was it to watch him real time in front of your eyes? How um, nice was it to have that beautiful feeling of being back in the stadium? You well, know, I'll tell you what was a little bit different. Ripped from you. I'll tell you what was a little bit weird is because you don't. In the stadium, the thought was that we were hard done by for the red card. Now, uh, if you remember, I, I we've got a group chat and, and I asked what's happened. Uh, the general consensus in the ground was was that it was a very harsh second yellow card. Um, so uh, that, that that did have an impact on that sort of initial reaction uh, because um, you know you saw the red card and it was like what the hell and then and then you know a few of you confirmed that actually no it was sheer petulance Absolutely on behalf of Danny Mayer. Um, and then obviously not so long after you confirmed that we decided to switch off. And before you know it, we we were losing. Um, yeah, it was it was a little. It was sort of one of those moments where you just go, "Ah, oh, should have seen this was going to happen." You know what I mean? It was one of those like it was it was almost going too well. It was it was football's back. We're winning. You know, it's it's great. All is good. And then bang, red card. Bang, conceded. Bang, conceded. And then from that point, you knew we weren't getting back in the game. Then, so, just for those who don't know, quickly. In, I think it was minute 69, Danny Mayer sent off. Or it might be minute 70, Danny Mayer sent off. Minute 71, Ipswich equalise. Minute 72, Ipswich take the lead. We aren't it, talking like that quick. It was quick. And it, and that was the moment where you sort of sat and went, oh, great. Uh, so what was going to be, you know, albeit a cold, quite boring afternoon, let me be wrong, the football was, you know, neither goalkeeper had a great deal to do about the game. It did just turn and you were like, ah, oh, great. My, my eye follow was slightly behind, so my notification <laughs> my notification was coming through. And I was like, surely it's not two one inch, but oh wait, oh yeah it is. Like Gee, I, that's the worst. I couldn't believe it. I genuinely it was shocked it shocked me. You know, it was one of those you just sit back and go, What has happened there? I remember when watched uh, when Shrewsbury at the start of the season obviously went one nil down and I was watching um with some friends, I think it was or something like that. Um and my phone burst as hell we conceded <laughs> and it happened about a minute before the goal actually went in. I was yeah. just sat there miserable for that time knowing that you know, it's it's coming. Yeah, literally, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it is a bit of a shock, especially when it happens in like that, you know, just oh fun and I don't know. I don't really know where to start really on that on Saturday. Um, let's start with the turning point. No, actually, no. Let's let's go with another positive, which is Jeff got another good finish, right? Oh, actually, no, no, no. Sorry, scratch that. It doesn't even look like it was over the line. <laughs> I forgot about that. Is I in terms of Ryan? Lowe, bad, eh? spoke about luck, right? Sorry, just quickly. Ryan yeah. Edwards. Ryan Edwards. Ryan Lowe um, afterwards spoke about luck. And how we hadn't had any. And I'll anticipate that from his position, it is unlucky that Danny Mayer decides to do that. It's not unlucky it's a red card. But if you're thinking about a manager, you must be thinking it's unlucky that he's decided to do that now of all times. But but in terms of actual luck, 
in terms of decisions, it all went our way because we should have given away a Stonewall penalty. Um, a Poku foul wasn't given. And then the linesman's nowhere near in line with the goal. He's in line with the six-yard box when he gives the goal. And I've slowed down the replay as much as I can. I don't think it looks like it's... It's at the very least not definitely in. So, yeah, that both of those calls went our way. I think one thing, though, that I would say is I am so glad that we don't have VAR because that moment would have just been, although there was a slight delay of is it in, is it not? Yes, the linesman's given it. We'd been waiting for a good four or five minutes while they delay and blah, blah, blah. Is it in? Is it not? VAR, because you'd have Hawkeye. It would have been. And there's another point that I've made that's incorrect again tonight. So uh, we'll score that one down as a, another own goal. <laughs> another um, own. <laughs> having the Jan Songo night here, aren't I? <laughs> the, the, VAR, the, the VAR point on the poker's penalty, that would have been overturned like that. It's so obvious in the motion. It was a penalty, yeah. The penalty, 100%. Yeah. <sighs> um, so yeah, even like that good moment of Jeff Court scoring. Nah. I mean, yeah, but maybe it did go in. It, I'm not saying it didn't, but it didn't. It, it hardly looked conclusive. It hardly looked conclusive enough for the linesman to give it and say, yeah, it's definitely gone in, you know? It's not quite the same magnitude, but it's a bit like Jeff Hurst's uh, hat trick goal against Germany. <laughs> you know, no, I, I'm not sure you can really make that comparison. Luke Jeffcott's Welsh. Well, <laughs> all right, but, but just a general shot. Like, like never, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, there's never, there's never, you know, it never, I don't know, you could not tell. Literally no one could tell. Yeah, you can't save certain over the line. And when you're linesman, and like I said, he's not even in line. I don't think you can give it unless you're in line, to be honest. It's probably for another half a mil on his asking price, though. So, you know, we shouldn't take complain it. too much. Um, and then on that as well... Um, We've spoken a few times about about turning points, and I mean, also in terms of turning points, you're looking at Rochdale when we're one nil down, and Jeff got hits the post for a you know a potential tap, and then Cooper has has blocked on the line. Um, the, the, and we're probably going to speak a bit more about it. In fact, we'll probably speak about it now. But it's becoming more and more blatant that this club, particularly in defence, not that's not to say the defenders, but when the team is defending, has mental weakness it, you know on on some level it's almost like we expect for the worst to happen it, it feels like it anyway because it's happening far too often silly little petulant mistakes um to throw away points but it, it makes me think that had 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 those two events gone differently had ipswich opened the scoring and we'd not you know had, had the luck not gone our way things could have been very very different because because when you think about the lincoln game for example we took the lead and we looked more confident. We held on, and by avoiding that first goal going in, we managed to you know keep that clean sheet and avoid throwing away a chance around three, for example. But when you look at them, Rochdale conceding early, gone to get slaughtered. Fleetwood conceded early, gone to get slaughtered. It could well have been the same had Ipswich taken the lead early, and they probably deserved to because it was a penalty, and we could have been looking at a very different game. So, mm. yeah. I, 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 as much as you know, it's negative, but I think it's worth to just touch on it now because you talked about it a little bit. Uh, Danny Mayer's red card. Now I know you can, you can say like, Lowe can say, oh, you shouldn't have got a yellow card because the players weren't retreating far enough from the corner. Well, okay, that might have been harsh, but as an experienced player in that situation, when actually Ipswich have had a lot of the ball for the second half and not done very much with it, I don't think they even really created a chance. I think the two chances they created were the ones that they scored, um, and that was after Mayer got sent off. Um, 
but you know we've been so i'm i'm a big fan of danny mayer we, we've covered him extensively on this podcast defended him you know here he does this for the team which he does he makes us a better team evidently i think most of the time but that's just unacceptable he knows he's on a yellow card he's one of the most experienced professionals in the team you know he's been captain this season the, the the team as a whole is inexperienced. Why you're not even stopping the counter attack? Why are you doing that? Like why? I don't understand what he's thinking. Yeah, you can say, but it's, you can say, yeah, it's a moment of frustration, sure. But like he's lost us the game te- essentially when we're already on a bad winner fall. And then we've also got to put this in context. Ipswich are minus, I think, thirteen. Was it nine or thirteen players? They, they were completely depleted. They were on an awful run of form. Yeah, I don't think we lose that game if he doesn't get sent off. I think uh, neither goalkeeper really had much to do, but we looked comfortable. And I think that's where it goes back to that mental fragility that you mentioned earlier, Nick. Like It just seems that we're almost waiting for something to go wrong. And then when it does go wrong, we collapse. Um, because... I don't really think Cooper had anything to do prior. I can't think of anything he had to do prior. Obviously, there was the penalty shout early on. But other than a few goal kicks, I don't really remember Cooper having to make a make a save. Um, and then, like you said, Finn, you know, he's 30 years of age, Danny Mare. He's been around the block a lot. Like, I could almost forgive it if it was one of the first-year loanees and their first professional. You know, you know players make mistakes, uh, you know, but he's 30 years of age. Like, what's he doing? What he's got previous to Barry for doing stupid things like this as well. It's not his first time. Like, it's... And the most frustrating thing of it is, is, is that we've all... We've lost three on the bounce in the league. And it looks like we just have to keep doing what we're doing. And we'll end that run. We'll have a win. Probably have a clean sheet. Everyone can just relax. The pressure's off a little bit more. We've got two games which are certainly winnable in the next two matches. And it just changes the mood around the club massively. And, you know, I don't want to dig him out too much, but I, 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 don't, I think he's cost us the whole game there. And if, if we have a few more bad results, then, you know, he's got to look at himself and say he's responsible for that. No, you're right, because when you think about it, like you say, talking about pressure, because like I say, that's now four league defeats, four consecutive league defeats. We've gone from, you know, a couple of wins gets us in, you know, we're talking about playoff contentions. Now people are looking nervously at the relegation spots. And we're now thinking every game is a must not lose. But then you've got to factor in, we have yet to win a league game away from home, both of our next two games away from home. So... What's going to get because because now there's so much pressure. If we fail to beat and worse, if we lose our next one, then there's even more pressure for. And it's just getting into that Derek Adams territory where we're building up so much pressure that each extra loss or each extra failure to win is making things exponentially worse each time. You know, the pressure valve is building. I don't want to, you know, even the things that are, that are being said on Twitter that we must stick together now and da da da, like. I just it doesn't fill me with confidence, like you know, I certainly like you said. Suddenly, it does feel like a fast trajectory. A month ago, we were you know being really jolly and saying, "Oh yeah, we could be playoff contenders, and if we just win these games and we can get eleven points in the, in this next run, and this is just a blip." And now, in about the space of two weeks, we've lost five one to to. I'm gonna take out the Peterborough 
because that was only one nil, but it could have been more. Peterborough oh, Peter wasted their chances. That yeah. was the difference. Peterborough carved open so many times. Yeah, but but if you just look at the scores objectively, five one to Fleetwood. We thought that could be a one off like the Exeter was last last year, and then Rochdale four nil. Um, we've lost our home record that we we we've had for eleven months, and then we lose again at home in the next game. It's just like like I don't know. You say it becomes more, more and more difficult to see a way out as you, as this goes on, you know. But then this is just like we were a month back. Like say a month back, we're looking at playoffs, and all of a sudden people are thinking worriedly about relegation and so forth. It only takes a small run, put two back to back wins together, and this pressure goes away. It's it's purely because we're now in that horrible position where. Yeah, you can't continue to lose. You know, lose after the game after game. You can't lose them game after game. Exactly. I think that it's that that bit that's crucial. Um, and I think that's what's what's annoyed me so much about the manner of the defeat. In that, if we wouldn't even be having a discussion like this, had the yeah. game ended how it should have been, it wouldn't have even be. It wouldn't have even. You know, we'd be bang smack in the middle of the table. You know, we'd have looked at. It would have just been like, yeah, we've had a couple of crap results, but we're a mid-table team. So what? All of a sudden, like you said, we haven't won away from home this season. We lose the next two games. That's yeah. that's six on the bounce. That becomes very serious, then, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. We've 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 been in League One before. You know, we we've seen. Okay, we've had one season where we went on a together a ridiculous run and, and nearly got playoffs. But the one, the you know, we've seen what. It, I know it sounds stupid, but we've seen what it takes to get relegated from this. From this, and if our goal carry on on the same trajectory, it's one that they need to get out of quickly because you know we went from. I'm not saying that it's it's no like not the same feeling at the moment, but you know, in we beat Shrewsbury, I think two one in March, and then we went on something like a twelve game winless run that eventually saw us relegated. Only really um get the last win that we got against Scunthorpe on the end of the season, and that still wasn't enough. You know, we're not in that territory yet, but it just shows you, you know, a few a few more like if you put together a bad a bad few results, it can easily spiral out of control. I, I mean, mean we- yeah, I think another example is the year before when we um when we were climbing up the table, it was almost as though we'd just taken the form of Oxford. Because I'm not sure if you remember at the same time Oxford went on like I think they went ten, maybe eight to ten games without winning, and they went from fourth fifth looking at automatic promotion places to fighting relegation towards the end and yeah they pulled away but as we surged up the table it's almost as though they were take, destined to take our place and mm-hmm. so the point being there that doesn't you know every team's form can turn and form can become a mental thing so it can become you know think think about when you're in the weeds at work sort of thing when you you've got a deadline to work to and you can just sort of feel the walls closing around you and you know you can't concentrate as much and you just sort of feel that extra level of pressure and it's that sort of same thing intensified because obviously there's more arguably more to play for because you know there's going to be a direct correlation on your career just because you don't have two thousand people watch you at work nick isn't to say that there aren't two thousand people outside my flat watching me work every week do do you enjoy the cheers? Like when you when you submit a piece of work and you just hit you know, the crowd's going wild outside, beers being thrown. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps me going. It was quite interesting. The next game, um, I think it's the next game against Rovers, is that we're the two most out of form teams in the division. So um, hopefully, at the very at the very least, it'll be an entertaining match. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tisdale's obviously there now as well, isn't he? So um, it, it'll be it'll be certainly be interesting. Um, I, I I still think for all it's worth. I know this has been you know the last couple of minutes has been we've been quite quite downbeat. I, I still think we'll end around about the middle of the table. I still don't Same. think we're I still don't think we're this sort of terrible team that I know we got some do, doom and gloom merchants out there. I think this is a, one of those patches. I think Ryan Lowe will get us out of it. I I don't. I think it's been a reality check though. I do think this run's been a reality check that one Ryan Lowe isn't this great saviour and this this incredible lower league Pep Guardiola. Um, I think it's also a reality check that we haven't got a squad made up of lower league uh, Lionel Messi's and that, in fact, the majority of the team are pretty ordinary. Um, but I think... It, well, I'll tell you what, Fraser, I've got to disagree with you there because if you look at the Premier League table, then maybe Ryan Lowe is a lower league uh, Pep Guardiola. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe not maybe a lower league Guardiola, but not quite. That's a, a hat trick of goals for you there tonight. But um, yeah, I, I I just think this team will 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 end up around the middle of the table. I think Same. we'll get out of it, and I and I think it will just be one of those bits where we just need to hold our nerve a little bit. Um, yeah. The only bit that stays in the back of my head when I say that is how sort of reactive he is to the back three. It seems to me like he's gone from being very happy with who his back three are to very sort of skitty and changing his back three and sort of panicking about who his back three should or should not be, which would be interesting to see against Rovers and see if he sort of sticks with it. I understand he wants a point against Ipswich, right? But, okay, you can't foreshadow Danny May against him off, but he brings Jeffcott off for Hardy. He always brings Jeffcott off, doesn't he? I don't know why. I don't understand it. Like, He's the only one in the team that's scoring at the moment, pretty much literally. Right? So he brings off Hardy, and then when we go 2 1 down, he suddenly brings on three, I think it's three strikers. I don't even know. Yeah, definitely four strikers. Hardy, Moore, and Telford came on, didn't they? Yeah, so essentially three strikers on the pitch, and yet his, three more strikers on the pitch, plus Newblay. Yet his best one's off the pitch. What's that about? It did seem like a foolish mistake. We were talking about it at the time. We were sat there saying, money on, he brings off Jeff Cop for Nublay. And that's not necessarily a slug against Nublay. It's that Jeff Cop is literally the only, at the very least, the only striker scoring. I mean, when, when was the last time Nublay scored? Now I think about it. Nublay hasn't scored yet since Northampton. Hardy's got one goal this season against Wigan, which was now a while back. Nublay scored more recently. Oh no, no, that was just after. And Telford hasn't scored since um, since uh, Wimbledon. I mean, you can't. He also likes to bring Joe Edwards off, which infuriates me. Yeah. Well, Edwards think, is one of the best performers. Like, I think Joe Edwards has been playing even throughout this rough patch. He's been playing really well. And he's. It was interesting actually being at the game. Um, I, I did mention this to you guys. Is you can actually see things the camera can't. Obviously, the camera. Well, that's not always the case with I follow. Sometimes you can't see the ball even with I follow. Um, but watching Edwards off the ball is he's very vocal. He's very, you know, he's pulling players into position. He's organising players. He's Ging them up. He's giving them a telling off when they need to be told off. He, he's a leader, Edwards, and 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 it's no surprise he's got the captain armband. And we need we, we we're lacking those types of players in the team. I think in the whole squad, especially given you know Luke McCormick's thirty seven and, and and Sawyer's not far off that and also injured. So it, it baffles me that in a game where 
we really need to make try and reverse that but poor run of form keeping someone you know an organizer keeping a captain on the pitch it seems like a good move to me and I, I think he's probably I, I don't think he'll win it other than Jeff Cott but he's probably been our, our player of the season so far Edwards I think he's playing really well certainly on great form and I want to ask you about this because I, I think we I asked you at the time but I mean in, in terms of like you said that Ameson's the only other one you could like properly hear shouting yeah yeah yes, and then yeah. Apoku, Watts, Cooper, Fauna all very young let's not forget yeah. very quiet yes pretty much yeah it goes on a sliding scale if you imagine the right back to left back I know we play three with two wing backs but let's say it's a flat back five from right to left, it's a scale in terms of volume. volume. Um, yeah, although Watts, you go along. Yeah, although Watts and Grant were both thinking. Apoku does. Apoko is the guy that was sort of okay. organising the line. So where you know how high up or how how deep they should be, but aims. But uh, not especially vocal. You're saying no, so not he's really. His arms out, but he wasn't he, really shouting. He was quite good at waving his arms about. But I would say almost. I know. That, you know, players prefer different sides and obviously have different strengths with different feet. But having Ameson and Edwards both on the right and Grant and Watts both on the left, you had two silent players and two vocal players on opposite sides of the pitch. It just seemed, well, if you move Ameson over to the left, albeit I'm assuming he does, he's never really played there or doesn't like to or whatever, at least you'd have a bit more balance, if you see what I'm saying. At least you'd have someone that is, you know, because Danny Mayer's a quiet player. He doesn't really, you know, he's not much of a leader, is he? He's um, lead by example rather than a, you know, ex- Yeah, leader. exactly. He's a Stephen um, Gerrard, as I like to talk, because, I mean, John Terry was always more of a vocal one, whereas Gerrard was always more yeah. of the, you know... And I think Ameson, you, you know, Ameson would have helped if you moved him across to that side to maybe... But then, to be fair, Ipswich were going predominantly down our right-hand side. But we, we do seem to lack, lack that that sort of leadership, that vocal sort of... And again, it is something that, I, you know, I've been a huge fan of, of uh, Mike Cooper and I wouldn't change him. I would definitely keep him there for the season. But we want to see as he develops as a young goalkeeper, as he plays more and more, we want to see him get a voice a bit more, get a little bit more commanding in there. But he's, you know, it's, he's a project, isn't he? He's a player in development. I would argue like when he had like Watson and Canavan in front of him against Rochdale, for example, they should be the ones, you know, taking more responsibility. It's always like for the fourth goal, for example, Scott Wooden's just completely missed the ball and not, (laughs) and like, well, not missed the ball. Third or the fourth you're talking about. Uh, the, oh, sorry, the third. Yeah. The third's the one where Wooten just lets it go past. Yeah. Just watches it, doesn't he? So the first, yeah. in that in that situation, you'd expect someone as experienced in a, a Scott Wooten, who's, you know, well, I mean, he's playing the championship. He's played in, played the, in Champions the Champions League, mate. Yeah. So someone with that experience and, and, and that's someone as young in, in, in the goal as Cooper, you know, that's where you need your 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 experienced voices, you know, to say to keeper, that's your ball, come and get it, or mine, and take, you know, and head it away. Uh, and and those bo- um, goals can be easily avoided. But unfortunately, all the goals we're conceding at the moment, okay, maybe, maybe not um, Saturday, but all the goals we're conceding really are, are due to a lack of communication. And if not a lack of communication, a mistake from a, a player. You know, we it feels like we're giving away goals, essentially. We moment. are giving away goals. I mean, like, like I said, I, I still have... And you're going back to what Fraser said about um, 
like this rotation nonsense is absolutely ridiculous. Essentially, we're dropping all the centre backs making mistakes, and it doesn't help now that we're shuffling our pack all the time. I mean, how many changes there have been recently? Um, I mean, because obviously from Fleetwood onwards, we seem to be averaging what two defensive changes a game. Yeah. Don't understand how. Don't understand how Watts hasn't been dropped. I know Watts has been great all season, but just give him a you know. Give him a bit, a little bit of a rest. Put Poku to left, to the left, and put Canavan in the middle. Because I mean, Watts has made a few mistakes now. He, stupid attempt to play the. Um, I, I've got nothing wrong with trying to play the offside trap. We've done it relatively well this season. But if you look at and it's terrible camera work as well, because you can't. It cuts away <laughs> at the worst possible moment for that first goal for Rochdale. But he's in such a bad position to try and play the offside trap, and he gets it so wrong. If he just follows his man there, then. Then he probably you know maybe they go on to score anyway, but he he reduces that risk when he goes through one on one. He he um made a couple of errors against Fleetwood, made a couple of errors against Peterborough. I just can't understand how how he he does just suddenly get taken out the firing line just for a bit. And like Cannon comes back in, does brilliantly against Lincoln, makes an absolute tit of himself for the second goal against Rochdale. But I don't think that's enough to. Just drop it. I, no, he's gone again. Just... Everyone's making mistakes. Apoku made two shockers against Ipswich and didn't get punished for either of them. Um, just, in that yeah. he should have given away the penalty and then his mistake to allow um, you know, for that outstanding Ameson. That point. was a brilliant know, tackle. That was. We that know Ameson is one of our best centre backs. We know he's better than Wooster, at least to my eyes. And again, he's reinforced that. Um, and so if go watch the YouTube highlights of Lincoln, two of their chances, Wooten basically stands off, lets him get the shot in. If Ameson's playing there, he gets tight, he doesn't get a shot and he closes him down. He probably wins the ball back. He's been doing that all season. And I just don't get how, why do we have to drop Ameson for, for one game against Fleetwood? And then why does Canavan get back in and get dropped immediately? I'm just, start Canavan and Ameson together. They've only started two games together as Brentford, uh, not Brentford, sorry, um, Burton and uh, Northampton, they're two of our best defensive efforts this season. Yeah, he's a bit, I mean, they're the two best, like, sort of leaders to my eyes as well. And just, oh, sorry, Finn, go ahead. I just, yeah, I was just going to say that I said, you know, about communication about Wooten and, um, well, you know, Canavan, I bet his communication wasn't bad. His communication is never bad, it's just that he made a mistake. But if that's the basis we're going off, you make a mistake. You're completely out the team. I know. <laughs> I mean, Christ! Think about the rotation. Every fu- oh god, every game will be and having, like, the stubs spider the eleven minute. is Luke Jeffcott. Luke <laughs> Jeffcott. Luke no, it's Jeffcott. Like, it's like okay, all of the max are pretty much at least one must like at least a couple of mistakes this season. But if if you Continually change the centre backs. That is not going to change anything because you don't get any confidence. You don't get the familiarity of playing together. You just go round in circles. You'd be scared, wouldn't you? You'd be scared to keep making mistakes if you think, "Oh, one mistake and I'm out the team." You'd you'd be on edge. You think about stuff more. You know, it's it's life. If you think about, "Oh, I, I I want to do this or I don't want to do this more," you'll probably end up going the other way. And doing what you don't want to do because you're thinking about it so much more. It's conscious. I'm just still annoyed. Like, Canavan has first bad game of the season, obviously, minus the Norwich under 23 game, where I mean, no one comes out very well from that. But I mean, Canavan has his first bad game and he's getting dropped at half time. I just thought that was a bit ridiculous. <sighs> I mean, particularly when with, we were, what, 3 0 down at half time. What do we need at that point? Swap the defenders. <laughs> yeah. Let's, I mean, let's, let's hold it. That's, that's what we need there. That's let's what we're hold. looking for. Swap the defenders. 
yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit baffling. But um, it'll be interesting to see what he does on Saturday um, and, and see if he, if we get another variation at the back. I, I would probably do what you said, Nick, and, and look to bring Canavan in with Ames. And um, I, I just hope that we. We need to break this, you know, we need to break Cycle. run and, and just get, it almost doesn't matter how we do it at the moment, get that win and then worry about it. But, um, but yeah, we do need to stop the rot, so to speak. It's, it's, yeah. it's not good at the moment. It's not I good. I don't understand why as well, if keeping the ball out of the net is like priority. At the start of the season, the first few games, we, you know, we played a, what, a three four one two where we had two defensive midfielders and one attacking midfielder, and it gave us you know, that extra bit of defensive strength. I don't know why we don't just give that a go, just to try and cut down the errors. And in particular, that's going to give Fauna, who, like I say, I think he's lacking a bit of leadership and a bit of positional awareness, put Joe Edwards alongside him. Give him you know a bit more support. We've got a bit more leadership in the centre. Byron Moore can go to right wing back, and we can just be a bit more defensively secure, play a bit more counter-attack, try and, you know, relieve some of the pressure on the defence because granted they're making mistakes but there is also the element that we do play an overly attacking formation which leaves us just open quickly, to being hit just quickly we, you know some of our biggest results last season came after that Exeter game where we realised that we had we had to um, you know shore ourselves up a bit you think of that you know Forest Green away that was playing mostly counter-attack and we nullified them quite well you think of um, I'm thinking of even later in this season like Chel- you- Cheltenham as well the Cheltenham 1-0 win where yeah. Rudden scored Cheltenham uh, Rudden scored Rudden scored yeah Sars- it was a great ball Bloody in by two I know right I'd be so, embarrassed by Cheltenham so, so basically so, so that so Cheltenham Forest Green and then you have Bolton in the FA Cup that was a good performance those were like one off the other Forest Green and Bolton and then even like late in the season uh, you had um, Newport in February where we were probably quite lucky but we didn't have much of a ball to be honest with you and we still won that game you know you just don't seem to have that I remember we did have a lot of the ball against Newport but that's by the by I understand the point you're making yeah so so we you know um, that was just an example off the top of my head. We just don't seem to have... I know it's, it's thrown around. We don't actually seem to have a plan B at the moment. Like, yeah. Like, if we if we concede a goal and it's not going well, f- throw three strikers on the pitch. But what's that going <laughs> to do? Because it's going to take up each other's space and it's going to get crowded. You know, it's... Yo, I did like, though. Last minute, who was up front? Jerome Pocky. <laughs> yeah, he was listening. He was listening. <laughs> I do. Um, I tell you who I do like to look on. I would like to see a little bit more of is um, is that Ben Reeves. I um, I'd like to see him play a little bit more. I think he's got something about him. He just seems a bit more direct in the midfield. He just seems to, and he seems to just do the simple things quite well. I mean, we've not seen a great deal of him in the middle, and and, and I assume now with with Mayer suspended. Um, for the next game, he, he he might get a chance. Obviously, he scored that absolute worldie um, that uh, Frank Newblade definitely didn't assist for. Um, but um, <laughs> I would like to see him come into the centre of the field and, and, and uh, be given a bit of a run out. I think he looks like he's got some potential. I don't think he's playing at full tilt yet. I think he needs a couple of games in the team to really sort of get going. But you can start to see that sort of potential that he's got. So so okay, let's. Let's so tell Fraser why he's wrong. 
Okay, Fraser, I'm going to give you three reasons. What a no. Um, let's, uh, no, no, you've been humiliated enough tonight, it says. Um, <laughs> VAR so... and bloody goal line technology. That was an absolute nightmare. That one. Um, so, predictions then. And, and then let's all say, who would, you know, what's your midfield looking like with Danny Mayer not there? Oh, I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to go optimistic. I'm going to say we win 2 0. Um, Finn? Oh, go on. Yeah. Sorry, midfield, yeah. And yeah, midfield, I would. Uh, yeah, I would bring Edwards in midfield with, with Fauna um, and play Ben Reeves ahead. So play two defensive, Fauna and. Uh, and um, No, I wouldn't. That's a lie. I wouldn't play Fauna. I'd play. Uh, no, no, no. I'd play, uh, I'd play Grant in there, in the defensive midfield. Grant and Edwards, and then play Reeves just ahead of him. Finn? Uh, one all. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm just not feeling very confident. Um, you know, I, I think we're more than capable of beating Bristol Rovers. I just think the combination of it being away and the fact that we're not on a very good run of form at the moment, although it has to change at some point, um, I think we're going to draw that game one all. Yeah. And then my midfield, well, I, depending if Keeper's back, I would go for a mid. I would do what you what you said, Nick, and go um, basically three four one two and have two sitters. So probably Kamara with somebody because although Kamara is not that good on the solitary sitter on his own, well, not to say he's not that good. He, he just struggles a bit more than if he's in sort of centre midfield. Um, he's perfectly capable when he's with someone else and actually is valuable to his team. So I'd go if Cooper's back, um, put Grant back into defensive midfield with Kamara. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm not sure what I'd do against Bristol Rovers. I'm thinking um, they they obviously won four two against Wimbledon this weekend, which is a nice confidence booster for them. Right ahead of this, joy of joys. Um, I'm thinking Oztumer. I'm wondering how exactly they're using him because I suppose one of my worries is. Uh, he's a very, I, I d- very he's a very capable player, isn't he? Yeah. I'm thinking more Neo Z. How much is he occupying central spaces? How much is he drifting? I, I, I like I say, I definitely think that I'm all for just going for the the two defensive midfields. I'm not too fussed whether it's Camera and Fauna or Camera and um, Ed. Uh, sorry, Camera and Edwards or Fauna and Edwards. I definitely wouldn't start Connor Grant, but that's more to do with the fact that I've got my bet going with Sam. Connor Grant definitely fewer than uh, however many minutes in the league. <laughs> He's played quite a lot, isn't he? I think he's surprised. Uh, I think he's even surprised Sam. To be fair, yeah, oh, I know. I don't think day. Sam was that. Hey. <laughs> uh, good, good for him. Another assist. We forgot to mention. Very good ball in by uh, by Grant. Good movement off the ball. Uh, I'll tell you what. Another quickly before we, you wrap up there, but um, I don't know if you noticed the other own goal I made, where I uh, I asked, has has Grant even touched the ball this half? Yeah, that was Yeah, literally the assist. I think uh, was Sam's first response. <laughs> um, yeah, right now uh, everyone's glad that I was one of the eighteen hundred in the ground. If I can't even see the bloke that, that created the goal. Um, yeah. So, and then I, I think I'm thinking about Ben Reeves and Sarah Tapman. It's where he used to play for most of his career. Um, I think that's I think that's probably the best way to go. Just like I said, this is, this, this is a game more than anything is stopping the rocks. If we lose again, then it's just building that pressure. And what we need to do is just start by 
first conceding less goals and being more secure defensively, then by you know not losing and just just getting back to it, just do the simple stuff again. Because the problem is if yeah, anyhow. So I think that's my thought, and I think we'll draw it two two. Um, really stop the rot, man. Well, we'll stop losing at the very <laughs> least against one of the least, in, you know, the worst form teams in the league. Yeah. Better than nothing. Anyhow, um, that's all from another cheery episode of Green and White. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Oh God, imagine if, if if we lose next week is not going to be a fun podcast, is it? Anyhow, right. Sorry, just the last thought <laughs> to close on. Just make it more, more yeah. positive and upbeat. I'll cut, I'll cut that out, I think. Anyhow, thank you all so much for listening. This has been Green. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.